Go ahead, preacher. I'm just glad he didn't break the baby. Amen. Amen. I say it is good to be here again, but the reason I said that about the knocking on doors, it wasn't boasting on me, but the reason we do that, the reason we go out, the reason we tell others is to tell them how precious Jesus is. Amen. Many of you know Brother John Morgan. He's preached meeting down here for Brother Shannon. and uh, Brother Morgan, I, I've been with him. And Brother Morgan grew up rough. If you ever hear him tell his testimony, he said, The night I got saved, I had liquor on my breath and beer in the back of my truck. He was heading to a party, and he ended up at church. Amen. That's a good party to be at. Amen. And, uh, but he, uh, and now, when he goes out in the public everywhere he goes, the, the way he introduces it, he don't say, My name's John, nothing like that. Any, anybody he ever meets, it's, Anybody told you Jesus loves you today? It's just like that. You know how he is, Brother Keith. He's just, he just shaking. You know, he'll say, and you think he's spastic or something, amen? But he'll say, has anybody told you Jesus loves you today? And I can't tell you how many times I've been with him. They ain't expecting that. They don't care where you go to church. They, I, mean, I mean, you ought to invite them, but that ain't what they're worried about. They don't care about, the, you know, our standards and convictions. And the world should see our life, and they should, they should see our standards and convictions. But, but what they really need is love. And I'll tell you, that, but I'll say this, they'll not care about the gospel coming from your lips until, until they see the gospel coming from your life. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to John or Matthew chapter number 16. Matthew chapter number 16. And uh, I want to give you all what God put on my heart last night. I, I've never preached this. And just to be honest, I, I, I see it as more of a thought than uh, anything I, a few months ago, I was reading through this chapter, and I actually preach a message later on in the chapter. Uh, I believe I preached at Brother Fred's last year. But I, I was reading through this chapter, and there's some questions asked here, and I've just been, y'all know what the word ciphering means, amen? Not siphoning, but that's gas, stealing gas, amen? But ciphering, amen? My daddy used to say, he'd be standing there looking at something he's working on, and I'd say, Daddy, what you doing? He'd say, I'm ciphering on it, Amen. And he, man, he was thinking about it. Amen. He's mulling it over. And these past few months, I, I, I can't tell you how many times my mind has went back to this verse, these verses. And uh, to, last night I was just sitting there, and Brother Keith, I wasn't I wouldn't reading in Matthew. I wasn't studying in Matthew. And, and the Lord just said, right there, that's it. That, and he finally just gave me that light, that, that thought I've been wanting out of there. So I want us to stand up for the reading and reverence of God's Word. And I want to give you what God's put on my heart for this morning. And my heart's desire here is if you're saved, uh, I, my heart's desire and I believe God's desire is for you to worship Him this morning. Amen. And if y'all just worship God, I, it, when you shout, it ain't worshiping me, it's worshiping God. Amen. So you help me this morning. But I also believe this morning that if you're here and you're lost, that my, I know my desire and I know God's desire according to the Scriptures. God's desire is that you would be saved. Amen. And you say, what saved? That means that you repent of your sins, put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, call on the Lord, and the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Miss Susan, we've got a lot of people in these days that are coming down and saying something with their mouth, calling on the Lord, but there ain't nothing happening in the heart. Amen. The Bible says, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That night I got saved, and I was saying, God save me, God save me with my mouth. Hey, there's a lot that already took place in my heart, amen. And what I was saying with my mouth was nothing more than a mirror of what was taking place in my heart, amen. And it made a change in my life. And if there's never been a change made in your life, you got a counterfeit, you didn't get converted, amen. So... I'm done preaching, amen. I'm full this morning. I'm telling you right now, I didn't even know if God was going to let me write anything down. I'm not against notes. Y'all know that. I, I, I've got notes all through this Bible. But I just right there, God let me write my thoughts down. And I want to give you what God's laid on my heart. Don't get, don't get nervous. We got lunch right over there, amen. Matthew chapter number 16. And we'll begin reading in verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, uh, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And that's the first question. 
And they said, Some uh, say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, which Elias is the prophet Elijah. That is the New Testament translation into the Greek, Elijah. And then Jeremiah was Jeremiah, of course, of uh, the two prophets. Or one of the prophets... He saith unto them, uh, let me back up. If your Bible doesn't say Elias and Jeremiah right there, you ain't got the right Bible. Amen? Amen. And he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, that was the second question, whom say ye that I am? He answered and said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. And that Barjona just simply means he was the son of Jonas, and that was his daddy's name. For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto, the, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for all you've done for us today. I thank you for the touching and the, uh, the singing. I thank you for the excitement, Lord, that I sense in God's people. And Lord, I thank you for touching me already this morning. I pray that you bring to remembrance what you put in my heart last night. I pray that you'd help me to say everything you want me to say and nothing that you don't want me to say. Fill me with the Holy Holy Ghost of God, Lord. I pray that the Holy Ghost of God will draw sinners under repentance. We'd see sinners saved this morning and we'd see saints revived. I love you, Lord, and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I'll be seated. Now, this morning, Matthew chapter number 16 is a very important chapter in the Word of God. Not that all the Bible isn't important, but Matthew 16 is a turning point in the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Up until this point, that Jesus has been going to nothing but the Jews. You remember the one, the, the story when Jesus first sends the disciples out. He says, go unto the lost sheep of Israel. He says, don't even go into the town of Samaria or the Gentiles. He sends them out preaching and he sends them specifically uh, to the Jews. Now we know that he didn't keep that uh, record because by the end of Matthew, we get the Great Commission and he says, go into Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. And that's us, praise God. Uh, but I, I read in the, the first part of the book of Matthew where he, he sends the disciples out and he sends them just to the Jews and then the Syrophoenician woman do y'all remember her? The Syrophoenician woman comes to him and she says uh, that, that her daughter is afflicted with a devil. I believe there's a lot of children that are afflicted with devils today. But this woman was a Gentile and he said he tells her that he can't do it because she is a Gentile and, and he calls her, basically calls her a daughter and he wasn't being ugly but that's what we are this morning we are Gentile dogs hey but you know what she said she said even the dogs want the crumbs off of the table amen hey, and guess what that day God saw that faith God saw her humility and God took care of her problem amen but, uh, but the, the, the chapters preceding this we see that Jesus is speaking in parables and he begins to lay it on the, the Pharisees amen he starts to tear down everything they believe if you go through those chapters I believe it's chapter 13 or 14 where he said he, he, he gives those eight woes I believe it is seven or eight woes unto the Pharisees and it, he never says it had been written he said it had been said he wasn't attacking the word of God because he was the word of God but he was attacking the oral traditions and the things that the Pharisees had added unto the word of God that's what he was attacking that's what he was tearing down Hey, but what Jesus was wanting is he was wanting to gather the lost sheep of Israel. Hey, he tells them Jerusalem and Jerusalem, how oft I would have gathered thee, even as a mother hen gathered her chicks. He said, I wanted to gather you. Hey, but they rejected Christ. And in chapter 16, we see a turning point up into this point. Uh, Jesus had been speaking of nothing but parables. Hey, but after our text here, we find out that Jesus is not speaking in parables anymore. Jesus begins to tell them openly. 
and he's going to be crucified and he's going to go to Jerusalem. He's going to be crucified. He's going to be given over to the priests and the high priests and the uh, Sanhedrin and he's going to be given up and he's going to have to go before and be crucified. Amen. He's going to have to be crucified in front of all Jerusalem and all Judea. Amen. 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 He had never told them that before. He had spoken mysteries and they it bothered them. Brother, brother they, they were wanting Jesus to set up an earthly kingdom. But Jesus wasn't concerned necessarily about an earthly kingdom. He was concerned about a heavenly Amen. kingdom. Amen. 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 This morning right here nestled in this. I, I could preach all day on what's around this. I want to preach on this. Amen. This morning, I, I, I want to look, and I want to look at those two questions. Verse number 15, would you look at, or verse number 13, at the latter part, it says, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And Jesus called Himself the Son of Man. You notice that word Son is capitalized, amen. amen. That is deity, amen. But Jesus was identifying Himself as flesh and as God, Amen. And then he goes on and he asks in verse 15, he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? So Jesus asks two questions. He wants to know who the world thinks he is. He wants to know who the religious leaders of that day thinks he is. He wants to know what the doctors and the lawyers and the intellects and the paupers and the servants, he wants to know who they think he is. And of course, here's the thing. Whenever God asks a question in the New Testament or in the Old Testament, all through the Bible. God's not asking because He's He don't know. That's right, preacher. Can I get an amen? Does Je- is, was Jesus God? Jesus knew everything there was to know. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. God, He knows the beginning from the end. He wasn't asking these questions for Him to know. He was asking these questions so they would know. Amen. So God asked a question. Jesus asked a que- these two questions here. He wants to know what the world and the, and the society thought of him. And then he wants them to tell him what they said he was. They were, he wants to know who they thought he was. Amen. And this morning, I, I, I'm just going to give you my thought here. I want to ask you this morning, who is Jesus to you? Amen. Who is Jesus to you this morning? And I've got an answer. I've got an answer. I'm going to give you of who he is to me at the end of this. And that we might be here till after lunch. But I'm going to tell you the best of my ability with my human stammering tongue. Well, I want to tell you this morning who I believe he is. Who he is to me. But this morning I want to look at the answer of these questions. I want to look. We got an answer of what society believes he is. We've got an answer. And it's still true today. And we've got an answer of who the disciples, more specifically Peter, says he is. We've got we've even got in here who Jesus says he is. But this morning I want to look into the scripture here look at verse number 14 and after this first question is asked whom do men say that I the son of man am? Uh, the, 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 all the disciples collectively it says and they said some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Now this morning and this is, this is the verse I've been mulling over my heart it's amazing to me how specific the disciples were. They didn't give generic answers. There's one generic answer. We'll say that in a minute. Hey, but most of these answers that they gave that society was saying he was was very specific answers. They said that, that some say that thou art John the Baptist. So they said some say that thou art Elias, Elijah. And some say that thou art Jeremiah. And some say that thou art one of the prophets. Now, Brother Keith, as I got to thinking about these men that are named in this list, I got to wonder why would they associate Jesus with these men? And I, I, as I look through the pages of the Word of God as the Holy Ghost began to deal with me about this, I begin to think about uh, John the Baptist. And if there's one thing that we could label John the Baptist's ministry over, it was preaching. Amen. He was a preacher. Amen. It didn't say in, John, in Matthew chapter 3, it did not say that John the Baptist came out of the wilderness teaching. It did not say that John the Baptist came out of the wilderness pandering to the members. He did not say that John the Baptist came out of the wilderness hey, uh, uh, telling sweet nothings into everybody's ear. It said that John the Baptist came out of the wilderness preaching thus saith the Lord. Amen. 
Matter of fact, amen. Amen. Matter of fact, if you study the ministry of John the Baptist, I don't want to get ahead of myself because I may be preaching on John this afternoon. Hey, but Brother Keith, if you study Mark chapter 1, the, John the Baptist's message was repent for the kingdom of heaven is ahead. And after the Bible says in verse 14 of John, uh, Mark chapter 1, it said that after John the Baptist was put in the prison, that Jesus went forth preaching. And guess what he preached? He, he preached the same exact message that John the Baptist Preach, and it was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now this morning I preached a lot in my life. I've been preaching more in my life than I hadn't been preaching. Last night, last year, Brother Keith, I don't say this mostly, God let me preach over 200 times, but I'm afraid a lot of times I get up and stand, and I'll just be honest with you, I won't have the touch on me, or I'll be up here and I'll have something I put together in my own mind. Now look at me all spiritual, I'm not perfect, amen. Hey, but you hear me I believe there's sometimes that I can honestly say that God put something in my heart and Jesus would be willing to stand up right behind me and preach exactly what I'm preaching. There's a lot of preaching going on today. I don't believe Jesus would preach if he was here. Jesus don't want, hey, hey, these churches, and I'm not being critical, but these churches having financial seminars, that ain't what, I ain't against getting financial help, amen. amen, but Jesus came preaching, John came preaching, amen. amen, and they lined him up, matter of fact, Herod came around, chapter, Matthew chapter 11, Herod's heard about the preaching of Jesus, and he, this is what Herod said, he said, John the Baptist is raised from the dead, you know what that lets me know, you know what John preached on it? Get, uh, at Herod's, he got up in Herod's face and he said, Thou hast taken thy, mother, thy, thy brother's wife, you're living in adultery, you're shacking up. And that's exactly what John preached. And if Herod thought that Jesus was John the Baptist, if Herod thought that Jesus was John the Baptist raised from the dead, I just have to think that, that Jesus is probably preaching on some adultery. Amen. Matter of fact, I know he was. Amen. It's in the Word of God. This morning the world thought he was John the Baptist because of his preaching. Then it next, the next person in line was Elias. Elijah. The Bible says in James chapter 5 that, that Elijah was a man of light passions, up to light passions like as we are. It said that he prayed and the rain stopped. And I love that part. Oh my goodness, I hope God lets me preach on it one day. It said in James chapter 5 that he prayed again. Oh yes. If I could, you go back to the Old Testament, he comes out, and I understand that he comes out preaching. I understand he preaches to Ahab, but you know what he was saying? He said, Ahab, I pray that it won't rain for three and a half years. And guess what? God answered his prayer. I believe the reason God answered so many of Elijah's prayers is because Elijah wasn't praying for what Elijah wanted. Elijah was praying for what God wanted. Amen. Matter of fact, about the only prayer you'll find in his life is God. He's wanting God to take him out in chapter 19 of the first kings. And you know what? God doesn't take him out because that wasn't what God wanted. Hey, but let me tell you, he goes over to the widow's house. He prays. God answers. He goes up to the Mount of, uh, Mount of Carmel. He prays 63 words and fire falls from heaven. He goes, he says, tells his servant, go tell Ahab that the rains are coming. Amen. I hear a sound of an abundance of rain. And guess what happened? Elijah prayed again and the rain came. Amen. He was a praying man. You go read through the ministry of Jesus. Go read the beginning of the book of Mark. I mean, over and over again, his disciples will have to go find him. The people want you, Jesus. What was Jesus doing? He was praying. What was he doing? He went out for the 40 days after he got baptized. He went out into the wilderness and he was tempted. But I believe he spent some time fasting and praying. Amen. Fasting and praying go hand in hand in the Word of God. Hey, everything that he had before he called his disciples, he prayed before he faced the devil. He prayed before he went out. Hey, before he broke the bread, he prayed. 
day. Hey, over and over before he faced devils, Jesus faces more devils that we read about in Mark chapter 1 than any other part of the Bible. And you see him over and over again in the book of Mark chapter 1 where he prays and prays and prays. Hey, I thank God. Hey, if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. And you just think about that. Jesus was the Son of God and yet he still had to pray. We go all the way over to the garden. He's, he's praying and he was praying with such agony and it was his great drops of blood. He was sweating as it was great drops of blood. He was praying about the will of God. Hey, we get to see him over at the cross. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Hey, this morning they likened him unto Elijah because he was a praying man. I hope this is making sense. Y'all still with me? He said, others say, Jeremiah's. I say, if John the Baptist, he's related, he, they, they liken him to John the Baptist because of his preaching. Elias because of his, uh, because of his praying, but Jeremiah's because of his passion. We know, what do we know Jeremiah as? Does anybody know? The weeping prophet. There wasn't nobody, and I read after in the Old Testament, that had such a burning passion for his own people like Jeremiah. He begged them and he pleaded 52 chapters, the book of Jeremiah. And every chapter, his heart is just bowed on the page. And he's begging, he's begging them to turn to God. And he's got such a passion, even after they turn away. And he's sitting, the book of Lamentations was written by the prophet Jeremiah. And Brother Keith, even after they were taken away into captivity, and all the mess was falling down on the city of Jerusalem. You know what? Jeremiah still sat there. He begged them not to go down into Egypt. He was telling God, I love it over there in chapter 3 of the book of Lamentations. He's sitting in the rubble and the ruin of Jerusalem. Everything that he had prophesied was coming to pass. And you know what Jeremiah said? He said his mercies are new every morning. Amen. Even in the midst of the mess he was in. Hey, God's mercies was new. Hey, I'm glad he had a passion. You said, how is that likened to Jesus? Well, we see over and over again when he saw all the people were hungry. He had compassion as a sheep without it. They have they were like a sheep without a shepherd. I've lost my microphone again, amen. Hey, he goes over there. Hey, you read, you read in John chapter 11, and then Mary and Martha come to him, and Lazarus has died. Jesus knew before Lazarus died that he wouldn't on stay dead, amen. Jesus knew, hey, before, hey, before the foundations of the earth, that there was going to be a man named Lazarus that lived in Bethany, and that he was going to die, but he wasn't going to stay dead. Hey, Jesus knew he was about to get back up but he loved those ladies so much and because he saw their sorrow he saw their heartache he was moved with compassion he began to weep the Bible says in John 11 35 that Jesus wept hey I'm glad we got a God hey he's touched with the feeling of our infirmities he was tempted at all points like it we are hey I'm glad we got a God like that amen hey Jesus was full of passion I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself hey but I'm telling you this morning he was a passionate Savior. He said, I'm just preaching the Bible this morning. I hope it don't bore you. He said, one of the prophets. And surely Jesus prophesied. You go read Matthew chapter 23 and 24 and 25. He prophesied all through his scriptures. Even in this text. He tells them exactly what's good. Verse 21, from that time forward began... Jesus to show unto the disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and killed and be raised again the third day. Amen. Hey, Jesus was a prophet. He's prophet, priest, and king. Amen. But let me say this. It's prestigious and, and what an honor to be likened to these people. Amen. These are the heroes of the Word of God. None of them, none of them match up when compared to Jesus. Amen. 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 
to say, I mean, Brother Keith, if somebody said about me that I preached like John the Baptist and, and, and I prayed like Elijah and I had the passion of Jeremiah, said, and if that ain't good enough, I'm just, I'm a lot like all the other prophets. If, hey, if somebody said about that, that about me, you'd have to cut a door hole, another door right here to get my head out. But to Jesus, that was very little. It's like when Nicodemus came unto him and he said, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Hey, it wasn't that he just came from God. He was God. It wasn't that God was just with him. He was God. Amen. You know what the world says today? They don't mind saying that Jesus was a preacher. They don't mind saying that Jesus was a praying man. They sure enough don't mind saying that he was a loving man. He had passion. Amen. Amen. Everybody thinks, listen to me, look up here at me. Everybody's got this humanistic idea that Jesus has just walked around in his earthly ministry passing out little flowers and I love you so much. <laughs> That's not the Jesus we read Amen. about in the Bible. That's right. Amen. 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 That's exactly right. Amen. 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 Hey, when what would Jesus do? Always keep in mind that kicking over tables in the temple and driving Amen. them out with a whip, that's in the, the bounds of what would Jesus Amen. do. Amen. Amen. Jesus loved with a holy love. That's right. Amen. Amen. There's a humanistic idea that how can a loving God send me to hell? Y'all ever heard that? Amen. How can a loving God send me to hell? Y'all ever heard that? Am I the only one that's ever heard that? But here's the answer. How could we reject a loving God that sent His Son? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. How could we hey, reject a God that sent His only begotten Son to die on the cross for our sin? That loved us? How could we reject Him? It's not if, it, how, how, how does a loving God send people to hell? My goodness, God gave us a perfect earth. You know, I, here's the other thing I hear. Why is there, uh, I, if God really loves us, if God really loves us, why is there all them people starving in Africa? Y'all ever heard that? Amen. If God really loves us, why do babies have to die? If God really loves us, why, why is there a St. Jude's cancer ward? Here's my answer, Miss Susan. God gave us a perfect earth. Amen. And we messed it up. God gave us a, an earth without sin. And God gave us an earth that was perfect. God gave us an earth without cancer. God gave us an earth without death. God gave us an earth that was perfect. And we, the human race, messed it up. It's not that God doesn't love us. It's that the human race doesn't love God. And we rejected Him. Don't let no humanistic agnostic get in your mind about all this I, hey you know what they'll say I was talking to an agnostic one time and she said well you know there's, all, there's over 50 people at the same time of, from around the 200 years around Christ's life that, that, uh, that, that claimed to have been born of a virgin you know what I asked her I said well tell me one of their names she uh 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 I said the whole world, whether they like him or not, the whole world knows there's a Jesus. And you know why? They, they don't mind him being a preacher. They don't mind him being a praying man. They, hey, the Muslims even say he's a prophet. Hey, but you know what bothers them today? It's when you mark her down and saying he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Hey, he's everything. They don't like that. They don't like that. Is everybody all right? That's just the first verse. We're going to get move a little quicker, hopefully. I see that they answered that question like they did about what society said he was. I want you to look at verse 15. I want to look at this question. <coughs> he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Do you notice that question? It doesn't say, Miss Susan, who do, who do you say that I'm going to be? 
It doesn't say, whom do you say that I was? Matter of fact, when he came to Moses and he said, whom do I say? Moses asked him, whom do I tell that sent me? He didn't say, tell him that I was sent thee. He didn't say, tell him that I'm going to be sent thee. He said, tell him that the I am sent thee. Hell, everything he was when he stepped out into nothing and said, let there be light, is everything he was in this chapter. Everything he was in the Old Testament, he is right now. Everything he was while he was incarnate, wrapped in flesh, is exactly what he is right now. He has always been God. He always will be God. He's the Alpha and Omega. Beginning the end, first and the last. Amen. Amen. He is that I am. Oh yes. I, I just thought I threw that in there. That ain't the main part of the message. Verse 15. This is Peter's answer. And, and I love it. I want to point this out. Many call this Peter's profession of faith. Don't miss this. Y'all still listening to me? Hey. Many call this Peter's profession of faith. This is when he, he lets everybody know that he's saved. Is that right? But the heart man believeth unto righteous with the mouth confession is made to salvation. After you get saved, first thing you ought to want to do is tell somebody about it. Amen. Second thing you ought to want to do is get baptized by immersion Amen. into an independent, fundamental, King James only, Bible preaching, Amen. Holy Ghost filled Baptist church. Amen. 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 You will not be in the will of God in your life until you do that. Amen. 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 That's exactly right. I don't mind saying that either. But, but this is not a broad answer. Brother, they don't even, he, all the disciples don't even answer this. We know Judas is there. Is that right? Judas is, is a lost man. Would you all agree with that? The, the devil entered into him. A devil, the devil cannot enter into a saved man. Is that right? Y'all help me now. If the devil entered into Judas, that means he was a lost man. Amen. So here we see that not everybody that was with Jesus right there, all the disciples, they're not saved. So everybody couldn't answer this. Many, I believe many of them didn't get saved until after the resurrection. But, but Simon had her nailed down. Amen. Amen. So what society thinks he is means very little. Hey, but what you think he is, what you believe he is, means a whole, whole lot. Amen. The first question was a broad question. And what does the society think? And, and everybody, they said they answered. Judas answered. Thomas answered. James, John, they all answered. But when it got down to whom say ye that I am, it was a personal answer. Look at our text, verse 16. And Simon answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I believe salvation is personal this morning. Look up here at me this morning. You're not saved because mom and daddy do good or mom and daddy's saved. You don't go, you're not saved because of the family you were born into. You're not saved because of what society thinks. You're not saved because what church you're a member of. Look up here now. You're not saved because you're baptized. You're not saved because of your Sunday school attendance. You are saved because at some point in time in your life, you fell under old-timey, Holy Ghost conviction. The Holy Ghost of God began to draw you with strings of love to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you bowed down. It didn't have to be at a church altar. But you bowed your heart somewhere. And you repented of your dead works. And you put your faith in the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, call on the Lord for salvation. Salvation's personal. I see this. So look at his profession now. He calls him, Thou art the Christ. Now, y'all listen. The Jews are looking for the Messiah. And there's a lot of confusion here. But, but we've got an Old Testament written in Hebrew and we've got a New Testament that was written in Greek. And the word Messiah in the Old Testament is the word Christ in the New Testament. You know what Peter was saying? He said, Lord, you are the Messiah. Amen. Amen. You are Lord. (laughs) That's what he was saying, Brother Keith. Peter said, you are Lord. Is that right? Amen. Amen. Hey, and this morning everybody wants him as Savior, but nobody wants him as Lord. That's exactly right. That's why people don't mind saying a one, two, three, repeat after me prayer because they want Him as Savior. And by the way, that don't save you. Amen. Everybody wants Him as Savior, but nobody wants to sign up to let Him be Lord. Let Him be Lord. He's called Him the Messiah here. 
But then he goes on, he said, Thou art the Son of the living God. Now, Brother Lowell, think about this. Jesus has just said, who, whom did the, who did they say that the Son of Man is? Oh, yeah. Jesus said, I am flesh. But Peter says, you're not just the Son of Man. You're the Son of the living. Hey, you notice he put that living in there. Aren't you glad he put living in there? I'm glad we don't serve a dead God this morning. I don't serve Buddha. I don't have to go rub his belly. But I'm glad this morning. I agree with Peter right here that he was the Son of the living God. Amen. God's not sick. God's not some old crippled man sitting upstairs. God's not some buddy. God's not some pal. God's God. Amen. He's the son of the living God. Amen. He said the son of man is the son of God. Bible reads in Philippians chapter 2. I just feel like preaching praise God. Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He wasn't just a a man, he wasn't just a God, but he was the God man, robed in flesh amen amen Peter said the son of man is the son of God the living God but I, I like this, Jesus goes on, verse 17 the latter part, he says, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my father which is in heaven the Father, through the Spirit of God, showed Peter who the Son of God was. And do you know that's how it works in salvation today? No man cometh unto me, John 6, 44, no man cometh unto me except the Father which has sent thee, me draw him. The, the Holy Ghost's job this morning is to reveal unto you and I that the Father has sent the Son and the, the Son is the, the Son of the living God. That The Son of Man is the Son of God. And this morning, if you feel that, that lump up in your throat, if you feel that nervousness, that condemnation on you this morning, if you feel that drawing, that's not, that's not indigestion. That's not some fuzzy feeling. Hey, this morning, that's the Holy Ghost of God drawing you with strings of cords of love. Hey, the Holy Ghost don't want you to go to hell. God the Father don't want you to go to hell. And Jesus, the Son of the living God, does not want you to go to hell. He's drawing you unto himself. Takes, hey, Miss, Miss Susan, I can preach all I want to, but until the Holy Ghost shows somebody. Amen. It is our job to preach, but Amen. it takes the Holy Ghost to reveal those Amen. things to a person. That's right. I grew up in church. I've been a Baptist since nine months before I was born. Grew up in Sunday school. I do not remember sitting down and memorizing John 3.16. You know why? It's just always been there. I don't remember. I read Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 the other day. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understandings. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil and he shall be health to thy, uh, he shall be strength to thy uh, uh, navel and marrow to thy bones. I don't, that's verse 8. I don't even remember sitting down ever learning that. I knew all of that up here. I knew that Jesus died. I knew that Jesus was God up here. Amen. But the devils know that. That's right. The Catholics believe that today. Amen. Do you know what it took? September 19, 1999, sitting on the church pew that Sunday morning, brother, and the Holy Ghost of God sent from the Father Amen. began to show me right here that Jesus was the Son of the living God. Amen. That Jesus was it. And He was the Messiah. And if I wanted to go to heaven, I was going to have to chunk my pride and chunk my religion Amen. and put my faith in the Lord. Amen. Flesh and blood hath not revealed this to thee. I see nextly. That's, that's who God says He is, by the way. Amen. <laughs> Whom do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? Amen. Society says he's just another preacher. He's just another prophet. Peter said, you're the Messiah. You're him. You're him. God said, that's him. God said, that's him. Holy Ghost said, that's him. But then what does Jesus say about himself? I'm, I'm, I preach too long, but that's all right. I don't think you can preach too long. Especially when the unction, the function's there. Amen. Look at verse 18. 
And I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter. Now listen, the word Peter in, in the Greek is petro. That's little rock. And upon this rock, that word rock right there is petra. Peter means is petros. And the, the, this rock right here is petra. Listen to me now. I will build whose church? <coughs> Wouldn't Brother Keith's church? Amen. Wasn't Brother Chris's church? Amen. Wasn't your church? Right. It wasn't the Vatican's church. Amen. It wasn't the world's church. Right. Jesus said, I will build my church. Unless, and hey, amen. And unless he built it, they labor in vain that labor. Amen. We can, and there is a personal responsibility for us to go and evangelize and witness. But friend of mine, God builds the church because it's His church. Amen. We can't make people get saved. That's the problem today. There's a lot, of, a lot of goats, a lot of goats in our churches. The reason a lot of people won't be at church next Sunday night, a lot of the reason a lot of people won't be here in the afternoon service is because they're not part of the church. Amen. And I ain't talking about this church. I'm talking about the church. Amen. They've never been saved, and they come to soothe their conscience. They they come out of guilt and out of pressure, and they don't come because they love the Lord. They don't walk with God. They don't read their Bible. Amen. They don't pray. And friend of mine, a lot of them, they hit the, the, somebody else is. Tried to build the church and they ran them through a prayer. They made them sign of cards. They, they, they shook their hand and said, You're all right. But friend, Christ has to build the church. Amen. 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 You don't walk into the church. You must be born again into the church. Amen. 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 He said, I got to preach. I, I, y'all pray for me. So this little rock, Peter, Petros, the Catholic Church takes this and says Peter was the first pope because he said, he, they believe that he said, you upon this rock, pointing Amen. at Peter, but that's a little rock. He said, you're going to be, you'll be the first pebble, wouldn't he? On the day the church kicked off, Peter was the one that stood up under the power of the Holy Ghost and preached. God reached down and, and he put that little pebble up there and started building the walls. Ain't that right? We're all little pebbles, Amen. I'm about to have me a spell preaching, amen. Hey, but he said upon this rock, the big rock. You know what those Jewish disciples knew? They knew in the Old Testament the only thing that's ever referred to as the rock was God. Amen. You know what Jesus was? He was the chief cornerstone that the builders rejected. Peter preaches about it in Acts 4. He was the chief cornerstone that the builders rejected. He's the head of the church. Amen. He is the foundation. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And Jesus this morning, hey, all other ground is sinking sand. Oh, Christ, my solid rock, I stand. Hallelujah to God. Hey, this morning, everything we are, everything we believe, everything that we do, has to be stationed should be founded and stationed on the rock. He said, you're a little rock, Peter. He said, but I went through the minds of the world. I found you in darkness and I plucked you out of the darkness and now I'm going to sit you up on the wall. I'm going to make you a part of the church. Hey, you're not my enemy. The church down the road's not my enemy if they're in the real church. Amen. Hey, because you know what we all got in common. We're all just a bunch of little pieces of dirt and we're all just a part of little pieces of rock. Hey, and we were in darkness and the Lord Jesus he mined us out of darkness he pulled us out of our darkness and he built the church amen who is he to you I told you I was going to tell you who he is to me this morning he's Jesus he is my best friend he is a friend that stick it closer than a brother Every time I've ever needed him, he's there. He's my brother. Amen. He's my brother by adoption. And, and this will blow your mind. He's my brother by birth. Amen. He is my confidant. 
He is the resurrection. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the rose of Sharon. He is the lily of all our valleys. He's the bride and the morning star. He's my God, my portion in the land of the living. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. I've already said it this morning, but He's the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Hey, that which is, which was, which is to come. He is the, he is the one that was dead and liveth and is alive forevermore. He's the, hey, he's the Lamb of God. He's the amen. Hey, he's the lamb that was too big for the house in Exodus 12. Hallelujah to God. He is the angel of the Lord. He is magnificent. He is altogether lovely. He is my best. Did I say he's my best friend? Every time I need him, he's always there. Hey, when I've been unfaithful, he's always faithful. When I've been inconsistent, he's always consistent. He is my Lord this morning. He's my Lord. Amen. Who is He to you this morning? I remember I was a young, very, very young man. I, I, I know I'm still a young man this morning. Miss Susan, he, it, when I was a very, very young man, I, I probably went eight or ten, somewhere around there. My mom was best friend from growing up. She married a dope head drunk. Ain't that amazing? My mama married a preacher and her best friend married a dope head drunk. Both, matter of fact, both of her best friends from school and growing up married drugs. My mama married a preacher. Amen. Amen. I remember growing up, this man was crazy. I ain't going to say his name. And I, he's in hell this morning, but died in prison. He cursed God every time my daddy had tried to witness to him. He'd say, get out of my house. Don't talk to me about that, Dwayne. He didn't want to have nothing to do with God. I remember their youngest daughter. One time he got so, so, on such a high, he burned his house down with his family in it. His family just, just barely got out. I'll never forget. We went up to the hospital and their, their youngest daughter, Shelby, was born. Teresa was laying there on the bed. She... She was on death's door. Their little girl was on death's door. And I remember that man that hated God and mocked God over there on the floor praying and begging God to touch his family. You ever notice that every time an atheist gets in trouble or something bad happens, they'll say, oh God. And you know what we have this morning? We don't have a lot of professing atheists here. But I imagine we got a lot of practice in atheists. Amen. You're living your life like there is no God. You claim God with your mouth, but you won't claim Him with your life. Who's Jesus to you? You ever been born again? We know who society says He is. We know who the world says He is. They hate Him. Let me say this. If He wasn't real, why are they so worried about banning something that's not real? You don't, see them, you don't see them getting the petitions up about Santa Claus, do you? Amen. Easter Bunny. I hadn't seen no petitions about that. I don't see no petitions, Brother Shannon, about all them guys that claimed that they was born of a virgin back there. I don't see no petitions about them. The reason a lot of folks don't want to get saved is they don't want Him to be the Lord of their life. They want to dress how they want to dress. They want to act like how they want to act. They want to drink what they want to drink. They want to go and do what they want to do. Who is he to you this morning? I want every head bowed. Would y'all come with a song, Brother Shannon? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody's looking, nobody's speaking. <clears throat> I wonder this morning, while nobody's looking, nobody's speaking, they're coming with a song. I wonder if there's anybody here this morning they will say, Brother Hewitt, nobody's speaking, nobody's looking around. Brother Hewitt, this morning I know I know, I'll tell you who, who I, I know, I believe He is. I'll tell you who He is to me. He's my Savior. He's my Savior. I'm saved, preacher. I know it. Would you slip your hand up? I know I'm saved. Hands going up. I know I'm saved. Would you slip your hand up? Thank you. You can put your hand down. Who is He to you? Is there anybody who will say this morning, Brother Hewitt, I've never been saved.
Would you pray for me? I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I wouldn't do that. Is there anybody here that will slip your hand up and say, Preacher, pray for me. I've never been saved. Pray for me. I know him with my mind, but I don't know him in my heart. The Holy Ghost is dealing with me. Would you just slip your hand up? Let me pray for you. Anybody like that? Maybe you're sitting close to somebody and you don't want to lift your hand. But you'll lift your eyes and you'll let your eyes meet mine. I'm the only one looking. The singers ain't looking. Nobody else is looking. It's just me and the Lord. You'll let your eyes meet mine. You'll say, preacher, pray for me. I've never been saved. I want you to pray for me. I'm not saying I'm coming today, but I do want you to pray for me. I'm troubled in my heart. This morning, how about you say, person, who is he to you? Is he just a spare tire now? Yeah, he saved you, but is he the Lord of your life? Is he, is he ruling your life? Are you giving it to him every day? As they play, I want everybody to stand. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I, w- I want to just come in this altar. Examine yourselves this morning. If you're lost this morning, you need to get in this altar and be saved. But if you're saved this morning, and he doesn't mean much to you anymore. Why don't you get in this altar with the pastor? The pastor's down here. Why don't others come? Get in this altar as they sing. I'm worshiping this morning. Go ahead, brother. That's right. Folks, is it coming? Would you come as well? Would you come, sinner? Would you come, sinner? Would you come tonight, this morning? I know nothing but just play, just just play. I, I listen now. I'm not I'm not playing games or nothing. I just want to make this statement. When I asked that first question, if you could say it was your savior, if you you say you'd save, there's some that couldn't couldn't raise their hand this morning. By default, you're admitting, whether you raise your hand on the other question or not, by default, you're admitting that you're lost. Amen. I wouldn't give a rip who was here. Amen. Amen. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care what others thought about me. I'll tell you this. If you come down and get saved, hey, the only people to be upset about that might be other lost people. That's right. Ain't no saved people in here going to be upset about Amen. that. I want you to come. These are on the altar. We ain't going to hurry. I want them to sing another verse. Would you come this morning? Would you come?